0: Space Junkies and welcome to episode 136 of What a Piece of Junk the Star Wars Podcast here on the Phantom Podcast Network. I'm your host Scott Butman, coming to you live from my brand new domicile, our geodesic dome home that we are finally occupying after several years of waiting for it to be built. And joining me as always is my original podcast co-pilot, Mr. Derek Marsh. Derek, how's it going?
1: going great congratulations it's finally here i know it's been uh very fun watching your domicile updates over the past year since breaking ground so uh very cool to finally get the opportunity for you to see you and me to planting uh the flag in the domicile and calling it the house
0: exactly totally and someone who's going to be helping me christen it with a giant truckload of geeky stuff is my original wookie co-pilot our very own gooey chewy dave phil cloney the man of a thousand nicknames nathan miracle nathan how's it going
2: hey i want to point out that that truckload of geeky stuff is yours was yours originally and has been hanging out at my house for the past i mean however many months over a year isn't it yeah. It's
0: almost two years. Yeah.
2: Oh, gosh. um Yeah. So I, I hope you get an
1: interest on that, Nathan. I, I hope so, too.
0: <laughs> it was the best deal in personal storage solutions. It, yes, now, it, it was. Who, I didn't charge I, of anything.
2: I didn't know how long it was going to be.
0: <laughs> I'm not complaining in the least that you're bringing all that stuff with you sometime later this week. So thank you very much. because as much as I can get in one vehicle load. Because I no longer have
2: the truck. Well, I have the truck, but uh, I'll be bringing my new electric vehicle. (laughs) And you'll be able to charge it at Scott's. Scott's. That's right. We're all living in the future here.
0: That's right. But you know who isn't living in the future? Our friends from the Bad Batch. Because they are, of course, living in a galaxy far, far away. And it it was a long time ago. Uh, And so that is what we're here to discuss on What a Piece of Junk, the Star Wars podcast. Not our various home and vehicle updates so yeah let's jump right into it because we are ready to start talking about the bad batch season three which did premiere earlier last week we are recording this on february the 25th and so we have three episodes speaking of season three to discuss of what I'm affectionately calling Star Wars stuffy doll. I mean, the Bad Batch season three. Uh, yeah, I'm probably being a little too harsh on the animators, but man, Uh Omega's stuffed animals, or facsimiles thereof, got a lot of screen time over this three episode premiere. So um, yeah, I'll be talking about that. Uh, but, but yes, the three episodes that we are reviewing are episodes one, two, and three. Um, does anybody have the titles handy? Because I can go look at that while uh, while you guys start thinking about your yes. answers to the five questions.
2: The titles are Confined for Episode 1, Paths Unknown for Episode 2, and Shadows of Tantis for Episode 3.
0: Oh. I, I did like the title for Episode 3 the best. But anyway, yeah. let's go ahead and kick it off with the five questions. And uh, Derek, we'll start with you. What was your favorite part of, and we're just going to go ahead and say these episodes, because if we take the time to go through all three episodes, five questions each, uh, 15 questions, then uh, we're just going to have the longest episode of the podcast we've ever recorded, at least the longest since the Uh, anniversary of the empire strikes back but anyway i digress derek what was your favorite part of these episodes plural
1: well let's see i mean it was just good to get it back um i will say this i was a little um you know not too enthusiastic at first but um, when they released that trailer about a month ago to let us know you know official release date um, here, uh, the trailer was well put together. It was excited as we talked about, right. It, we knew it's going to be 15 episodes and we all said, Hey, we know this is the final season. Obviously Filoni knew this going into it. So we were hoping, Hey, um, let's not get too many filler episodes. Right. Um, and you know, jumping into that, uh, I would say my overall reaction, um, was, was fine for it. Right. I mean, it's kind of re getting us back into the groove of things, um, along with just getting the uh, kind of initial setup, right? There's, obviously, there it shows you a little bit of times past um, in episode one um and and so you kind of get that feeling a little bit as as it progresses uh it was kind of funny seeing another uh prison sequence right uh since we've already had that kind of with andor so um and apparently there is more than one way out with this but um we will definitely uh see as as we get past episode three but obviously my favorite part from this um three-part um mini series episode arc whatever you want to call it yes, yes. um <laughs> it's like they're made for television but we're going to release all three at the same time because it all you know just one story um i would say that would definitely be as i mentioned in um the chat uh earlier this week after watching it um was ian mcdermott as as the voice of the emperor um just phenomenal presence his voice um just you know it's weird because when we got to see him as the emperor um even as he was became as big and well known as he was when we got to see him in, in episode nine um of the rise of skywalker i didn't really care much for the way they did his facial expressions right like you obviously got to see a bit more um in the pre- prequels as you know he was the senator Right before he got disfigured and all that stuff, but really connection to the way he does the voicing and then what he does with the uh the characters' expressions and the animation and all that. So I really enjoy when he's on because I think it's just phenomenal. His voice is perfect for the character, you just feel the grimace and the threat and the fear, um, that the emperor portrays. And yeah, I would definitely say, I mean, he was only there for briefly in episode three, but you know, to me, that was the point of of really just seeing that uh you know the reveal there and then having him be there on Mount Tantis uh, as he was escorted with hemlock and and all that
0: right well it was really great uh to see McDermott playing the emperor again um that was probably one of the things I enjoyed a great deal as well although I'm not going to say that it was my favorite part because I don't want to steal your thunder Derek uh, but uh, but Nathan What was your favorite part of these three episodes? Uh, Well, my favorite part also came from
2: the third episode, but it wasn't the Emperor himself. It was using the uh, dial with the testing tubes as a literal ticking clock. We get to see. That was cool. Yeah, we get to see Omega's um, sample put in. We see where it is, and then we keep referring back to it and click, click one step closer click click one step closer and we have this countdown that works both for the audience and in universe you know why this uh why we have this amount of time kind of the Doyleist and the watsonian perspectives there so to speak
0: that's cool yeah good good answer and good analysis uh i think for me i'm going to be a little more um you know Uh, Traditional. I loved the episode parts where the young clones and Wrecker and Hunter were fighting the big evil plant of doom. Um, What
2: was it? You mean
1: the Watcher Uh, in the Water?
0: (laughs) Yes, the (laughs) Watcher in the Water. That's uh, that's pretty much what it was. It looked a lot like a a, a, Lord of the Rings.
2: It it looked a lot like a Sarlacc, uh, but from before they gave it the beak.
0: Right. Right. I just loved the whole fight with it. Um, and I loved the, uh, The part when when our Clone Force 99 friends first encounter it, and the young clones are like, no, don't attack, it will become hostile. And Wrecker's like, this isn't already hostile? No! (laughs) Because the thing's trying to eat them. And then, of course, later, Wrecker uses his patented solution for everything. I'm going to put more bombs on it. Because, you know, one bomb stunned it, and then they just went ahead and dropped the whole crate, and then threw the the one last... uh, Rim shot, boom, and it utterly incinerated the uh, the vine there. So that was pretty cool. Um, but I can definitely say that vine is of the dark side. And you know how I can tell? Why? Why? Because I can just feel the dark side behind me glowing with
1: evil for those not watching on youtube again go to our youtube channel and watch this but if not if you're actually listening to it on a podcast platform uh scott has a new little neat trick that he's using magic to magically transport the lights behind him into the color of his mood almost like a mood ring Yes,
0: it's definitely not an app on my smartphone and some fancy LED lights pointed at the accent hexagon in the roof of our dome. Definitely not that. M-
2: mere coincidence that you always happen to check your phone prior to it changing colors.
0: That's right. I do have an app on my phone to check the presence of the force around me. That's what I'm doing. You just have to get really
1: good at like where you can move it on, I like, keep it on his desk and then do it with his hands without looking at it.
0: I got to do the magic hand thing. Uh, yes anyway uh but no that's the dark side out of me so let's let's try to bring it back a little more to the light side there we go well real okay. quick though guys
1: um, so you brought up a good point nathan right so it reminded you of the sarlacc right so mm-hmm. again that was created by hemlock that was the reason they blew up his base so do you think he used sarlacc dna combined with plant dna to make that
2: i think that's very likely
1: I I,
0: you
1: know, to borrow a meme. Well,
0: now I do.
2: (laughs) I mean, he is himlock. He should be doing stuff with plants.
0: That also makes a lot of sense. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on to uh, the next question. Of course, what did you like least or what was your least favorite part of these episodes? And for me, I'm going to sound like such a curmudgeon, but it was stuffy doll. I Just there was just too much stuffy doll. I get it. She's a kid, she has a doll, they're taking it from her. She keeps making a new one because she lost her original. Wah, 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 wah. I guess it's it was just a little too heavy handed or perhaps even schmaltzy for them to be sort of eliciting an emotional reaction from us. Omega is suffering, she's missing her stuffy doll. Uh, this is so sad. I mean, it's a little uh, a little ham fisted. I mean, I realize Star Wars is never subtle, but still. It was a bit too much for me. So, too much Stuffy Doll in, in Episodes 1 and 2. Thankfully, as far as I recall, no Stuffy Doll in Episode 3. No, it was. It, it, it got was. taken
2: in Episode 3.
0: Oh, it did?
1: Yeah. That, that's when yeah, they that came in. Episode...
2: We're, we're doing a routine check.
1: Yeah, and a Mary car right. then gives it back to her, right? So
0: That's right, yes. So, we had Stuffy Doll stand in in Episode 1, where she's made it out of the straw. The real stuffy doll hanging out on the on the Marauder without her in episode two, and then once again straw stuffy doll in episode three. So yes, too much stuffy doll. That's what I that's what I liked the least.
1: And but did you see she left the the fake stuffy doll in her cell when she made her jailbreak? She did leave it behind.
0: That's right. Yeah. Well, well, because oh. presumably she's about to be reunited with the real stuffy doll. And 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 you guys are just making me keep talking about it because you know how much I dislike it. I'm right, moving on. Derek, what was your least favorite
1: part of this episode? Um, I, I'll I'll leave it to judgment because it's only the first part of a three part episode. Because um, again, we talked about this, right? We we don't want filler episodes. Um, but there was points in episode one and two where I really felt like they probably could have just combined it almost like. Because it just felt very slow in part one. And episode two was very just drawn out to the point of like you know, they, they have the, the young clone kids and like we were supposed to have this suspense like, oh, the two young clones that were left behind going to steal the ship. No, they're going to go use the ship and go rescue him. At the-. Like we already knew that, right? Like it was already predetermined. Yeah. Like, for one, we know that Wrecker, anything Wrecker's in situation has to survive at this point because he shows up in Rebels. So we know that. So um, it's just overall, I just kind of felt like I said, um, you know, give me a little bit more quick pastes on stuff and i know i appreciate like i said episode one where it was trying to be this gloom and stuff but i just felt myself again when i don't it's like get me to the good stuff i don't need this long drawn out you know way of they're doing the things because otherwise i just find myself looking at my phone and i find you know as i'm watching shows not just star wars but any show if i'm not putting my phone away then you don't have a good show if i'm literally watching your show and I don't not messing with my phone, whether it's just scrolling through Facebook or messaging you guys by like how boring this is, then <laughs> you've got a good, uh, you know, good episode or a good show. So.
0: Hold on, hold on. Okay. I saw Nathan's uh, brow furrowing there about, uh, wait, does Wrecker show up in Rebels? I know we got Echo. Not. Um, not Echo. Isn't um, that Wrecker in um, part of Rex's m- crew? We got m- no, no, no,
1: oh, no, no. It's not.
0: Rex. And Gregor and... uh, Wolf.
1: Wolf, that's it, yeah. Oh, I thought Wrecker was one with them. Nope, nope.
2: I I think you're probably thinking of Gregor, uh, but that is a reg. A reg who...
0: similar, I mean, what with being clones and all.
2: Well, yeah, there's that. Um, Gregor's a reg who got um, abandoned on a planet during a mission and lost his memory and didn't know that he was a clone for a little while. Uh, and that, oh, I always thought is, that
1: they thought he was Wrecker. My bad then. Okay, nah. okay. well, that's a little bit better then for that, but still, I could still go back to episode one or two combined. I,
2: I, I think your point is sort of valid that they're not going to kill Wrecker in episode two. Yeah, We, we know that he's going to be in later episodes in the season. Right. There's no way right. that he, he's going to die there. Um, I could see them going with the kids steal the ship and they somehow survive another way. Um, and then there's a whole nother mission where they got to get the ship back, but we've already done that. That was last season, so, so we wouldn't yes, and want I to do that again. Really
0: annoyed. I was really annoyed with uh, Hunter and Wrecker for not improving ship security after the ship got stolen once last year, and that time the guy made it off-planet with the thing, you know? Uh, I'm like, I know we saw the scene of the clones hotwiring it, and ostensibly those young clones had a more... Uh, deep familiarity with the uh with the ship because as one of them was talking about he had been training on how to fly that kind of ship back on camino so there's that idea that oh well he's really good at you know hot wiring the door the hatch because he knows how that ship works because he's been to the ship academy for the marauder but still you know, i'm like come on guys operational secure uh, let's clean up our opsec here clone force 99 anyway uh nathan what uh, what did you dislike the, le- uh, dislike the most about these episodes?
2: Um, honestly, episode two, I didn't enjoy as much as episodes one or three. Um, it, that one got a little bit long and boring to me because of what Derek said. You know, we know that they're going to make it off this planet. You know, we get them getting the intel at the beginning of the episode. And then they go to this planet that isn't the right planet, And then we have this whole side mission where all they're doing is getting the information that they thought they got at the start of the episode. So I didn't care too much for
0: that. And like, we can kind of already tell because we know how much Filoni likes his somewhat formulaic animation that the only real reason that episode will be important is because of those two young clone guys. They're totally going to show up again sometime. Oh, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I I Um, expect there's going to be a clone rebellion and they're going to join in with that. uh, Sorry.
0: Sorry. Three, three young clone guys. It's three. clones, Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, gosh. Three is our theme. I actually think it's different. I think
1: I think I think what's going to happen is that those three clone kids are going to be like I said, I think Padu or whatever the place is gets blown up. So I wouldn't be surprised if those three clone kids don't make it out of when that place gets decimated by Hemlock.
2: Yeah, but then they're going to show us those three kids. Yeah, they're the three. They're going to be our emotional connection to this island that we got to see once, but don't really care all that much about.
1: What happens if they don't make it, though? Then I will say this is a good season (laughs) because we actually have clone kids getting murdered. (laughs) I mean, it is the wow. empire. They
2: blow up planets when they can. Yeah, Derek has gone to the dark side. I'm teetering on purple. Done, done, done,
0: done, <laughs> done. You just, you just advocated killing kids. I mean, that's hey, like the
1: Anakin that could do is. it. He could get become a, a force ghost. There's always hope for everyone.
0: Well, I'm not going to tell you that you're irredeemable. But for right now, you get, you get the. I'll find it eventually. You get the red light. (laughs) So, um, moving on to question number three. What connections did you draw between this episode and the larger Star Wars galaxy? So since this is neither light nor dark, it could be both. I'm going for the Mace Windu button with the purple color. I am the Bindu, the one in the middle. All right. So, Nathan, connections to the rest of the Star Wars universe.
2: Uh, well, there was this big, huge, obvious one, uh, this uh, mysterious visitor that I knew was Palpatine the moment they said they had a mysterious visitor. <laughs> There's only one person who rates this kind of uh, security upgrade and uh, you know VIP treatment. Um, yeah, it's definitely Palpatine. Um, I'm not going to say you too didn't much think for
0: a minute that it would might have been Vader. I thought it might have been Mm-mm. Vader.
2: No, nah. not not even for a moment, because it's too recent. Vader doesn't have the reputation of,
1: amongst the Empire yet. I don't no, think I, the Emperor wants Vader to know either. Uh, that's oh, true too.
0: That's a good. That's a good point too. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, yeah. So I don't think Vader would be sent there, and I don't think that hemlock would have cared all that much if it was vader that would just be one of the emperor's cronies coming he wouldn't know that this is a dark lord of the sith um i don't know that he knows that palpatine is a dark lord of the sith he just knows he's the emperor but you know that's enough (laughs) uh but i'm not going to say too much about that because we do have a whole another question about it so i'm just going to leave it there uh there's lots of connections with palpatine and we'll talk more about them
0: yeah, you know, mine's kind of a cheat uh that I'm gonna mention something basically with Palpatine as well, but hey, I mean he's like the big bad for the Skywalker saga, so um it was the fact that we heard the code name once again Operation Necromancer because uh, Hemlock uses it when he's talking to Palpatine and of course we've heard it used on The Mandalorian uh, as we continue to talk about Operation Necromancer and it's another one of those things that, again Star Wars is never subtle so this was another one of those things where I was essentially yelling at the TV how is it not obvious that this is super evil it's called Star War- or Project Necromancer uh, but you know Star Wars bad guys are sometimes just in it to be bad and Hemlock's Speech about the uh, uh, the hounds and how letting one of them that has weakness go out into the wilds is in you know is cruel in its own way uh really paints him in a almost con nunian sing if i may borrow from star trek light of eugenics and only the strong survive and and if i may borrow from babylon 5 only the you know the, the survival of the fittest so we're gonna work for the shadows and winnow out all the weakness and make the best and brightest and most ruthless group but of course Uh, Omega is making the case for the viewer when she basically says, you have to, you know, let them have a chance. And she kind of is doing a modified version of, uh, I still have hope because rebellions are built on hope, right? The Dark Side, Hemlock, and all those guys about their eugenics, they're all about, well, statistically speaking, you have no chance. And, you know, never tell me the odds, baby. Never tell me the odds. So that was my... Really fun connection was Operation Necromancer, and then also rebellions are built on hope, or in this case, freedom for wrath hounds or what, are, what were they called? Kuka hounds? Yeah.
1: fletcher uh, was uh, the yes. one she, right? Fletcher was uh, the main. No,
0: ba- Batchy
2: was Batchy. the main. Oh,
1: okay,
2: I, as in Batch, Batchy, Batcher, 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 Batcher.
0: Batcher. Yeah. Batcher. Okay, yeah. I'll look up what those species was while Derek tells us his connections.
1: Well, I was going to say, though, but do you think Palp now regrets massacring the Night Sisters when he's trying to do everything called Necromancer, right? Like, you think you would have an expert. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he does just, not regret that, he's that at all.
0: Jealous. He, he, he wants to prove that the Sith mastery of the dark side is greater than the Night Sister mastery of the dark side. It's like two Correct, rival but- religious sects going at it.
1: But do you think but do you think uh, even though he mass murdered them all he still would have kept one or two of them around just like he did with Nala Singh. But their version of necromancy is not what he's after. Okay.
2: Cuz the the so. people that they bring back don't have their own consciousness. They're, They're just I kind of like just But that's zombies. what you use science for. Well, yes, but that means you don't need the Night Sisters. <laughs> Said, what, what do you Hound. get when you
1: combine science and magic? You get the best of both worlds, so you or get, the worst.
0: Sorcery. You get you get Thundar the Barbarian. Sorry, <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. Um, but, uh, Lurka anyway. Hound, Lurka Hound, that's what those Lurka. things were called.
2: Yeah, I, I noticed uh, they were not the I, I cannot pronounce the name, the the ones from uh the Heir to the Empire trilogy that haunted the Yasalamiri.
0: Oh yeah, I can't yeah. think of what they're
2: called. Like Vorschners or something like that. <laughs> I, at yeah. first, I thought that's what it was, but it, they're not.
0: <laughs> they're or at least they're renamed. Pronounceable names. If they if they hunt down the Isalamiri, their name must also be like a random assortment of vowels and consonants.
2: I, I know it has like V R O N something,
0: Vronath okay. or
1: something like that. Anyway, go ahead, Derek. What uh, what connections did you draw? Um, I mean, obviously you guys hit on some of it, right? And it was hard to say because um, like I said, me to me, like I said, it was kind of like rewatching Andor a little bit, like I said, but uh, you know, there was only one way out and that was through the tunnel, right? And you knew that when she let out uh Batcher that uh you know that was gonna be her escape at some point too. Um but I, I did uh thought the um Uh, kind of like the whole, as she was sneaking through and she was doing, um, uh, and Crosshairs was doing his whole distraction thing. Um, I thought that was pretty funny, um, for how almost kind of felt like when Obi-Wan was going through, um, the Death Star and how he was like, you know, kind of sneaking through and then he had like the control panel or she was using the control panel and he was messing with the central Mm -hmm. core uh systems there so got a little reminiscent there and then you know how the stormtroopers are walking by and talking about like day-to-day stuff that they're having to deal with right and and (laughs) i would say they they weren't talking about speeders so that would have been funny if they were but uh you know i just thought that was kind of funny um so just get a little bit of that background um you know uh dialogue going on to make it feel like oh okay um, cause like what else are stormtroopers supposed to do when they're on patrol? Right. Um, uh, but, uh, and then again, just kind of in the prison scene too, with the day-to-day repetition, it's just like an Andor, right? Like they're doing their 12 hour shifts. They're having to do like literally on, you know, par every time she's seeing crosshairs every time, every morning. Right. So, um, I kind of, like I said, got where you could definitely feel, that was still maintained even though that would have been you know at least 10 i would guess 10 years earlier um than when we would actually see Andor in prison if not like 15 years maybe or close to it um because um you know obviously with the way the timeline is and all that it's some between somewhere 10 and 15 year gap um but anyways like i said there was some stuff there uh and then (laughs) it was always funny too then when like the emperor arrives you get like the whole Platoon of all everyone out, right? And it's like, well, who's on duty then? (laughs) If everybody's here greeting the emperor, right? And then, like, okay, wouldn't it be worse if you had the emperor coming and you didn't want him to know anything about it? Like, why would you have all these (laughs) lackeys if you didn't even want anybody else to know? Like, you got to think at some point, somebody's like sending some type of message to somebody, like, oh my God, the emperor just came today, right? It was such a cool work day, you know? It's like, it, yeah, especially yeah.
2: when you've got non-clones in your force. That's what I'm saying. The, 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 somebody's <laughs> going to send a letter to their parents going, oh my gosh, I'll never guess what I got to do today.
1: you <laughs> am not going to believe what I saw today. Yeah, yeah you should see oh, it on the, really... emper- the, 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 the the Empire newsletter, right? There's me in the corner. <laughs> I was the focus guy in the picture. Yeah. Like... <laughs> i just don't get it it's like supposed to be secretive or not secretive like okay but yeah um, I just thought of a couple of more. Uh, I enjoyed
0: seeing those red suited Imperial guards. That was very much a callback to Return of the Jedi, of course, because, you know, that was right in my wheelhouse when I was a kid. Those were some of the first Star Wars figures that I had that I really took care of instead of just playing with them till they fell apart, you know. Uh, and secondly, I, I just now thought about this one. When we see Omega in her cell and she's scratching her day tally marks onto the metal wall, it's very oh. much like Rey in yeah. the force awakens inside the crashed ATAT, and she's scratching the tally marks and we even get shown that this is now the passage of time because we get to see we get to see a certain tally and then some time passes and we see gosh the tally has really grown you know
1: and she looks like her hair grew so, out a little bit and then she mm-hmm, mirrors mm-hmm. um car with it right with the half ponytail and kind of the bang hanging off so
3: it's like yeah, it's i true, mean they yeah, are clothed totally.
1: The same, so it does make sense that it would grow exactly the same way. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're, uh, she's there for
2: something like six months. If I, if yeah. I did that correctly, I think you're right. I'm glad we didn't get six um,
1: months of bad batch mini episodes of just, of just and chasing. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. <laughs>
0: Cool, cool cool cool. All right, so um before we move on to question 4 since we're trying not to make this episode span the gamut of time here, uh we'll take our quick break for this episode here so that we can hear from our friend Kevin about the other shows here on the Fandom Podcast Network.
3: Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Here are the other great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. Culture Clash, where we discuss the latest in entertainment and pop culture. Blood of Kings, our show covering the entire Highlander universe. Couch Potato Theater, we celebrate our favorite movies. And Time Warp, our fandom flashback show discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie, TV, and pop culture topics. Good Evening, discussing all things Alfred Hitchcock. Hair Metal Podcast. We cover the rock metal music of the 80s and early 90s. Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast discussing the time-traveling Doctor Who universe. Lethal Mullet, an action film podcast covering the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Also, check out the Lethal Mullet Network for more great podcasts. What a Piece of Junk, our Star Wars podcast. Making Treks, a Star Trek podcast with a deep dive into the final frontier. The Fandom Show our Fandom Podcast Network live YouTube show discussing the hottest topics in fandom. The True Believers MCU podcast discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Television Universe. Union Federation, our Star Trek and the Orville show. And we're proud to welcome the BQN Network to the Fandom Podcast Network. Please visit our friends on the BQN Network, a Star Trek Universe podcast that also includes your favorite topics, movies, history, superheroes, and more. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on YouTube. Fandom Podcast Network is also on all major podcast platforms. The Fandom Podcast Network Audio Master Feed is on Podbean at fpnet.podbean.com. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom.
0: All right, great. Thank you very much, Kevin. So, let's move on to question number four. Sorry, yes, yes, number four. Uh, Derek, take it away.
1: Okay, so uh, as we mentioned uh, in episode three, the Emperor comes um, to Mount Tantis and obviously with Project Necromancer um, and we get basically this super high vault and another link to the um, the uh, overall Star Wars universe was when they were walking into that room. You had the uh, laser door gates, right? Just like you had in episode one with uh, Darth Maul fighting Qui-Gon and uh, Obi-Wan, right? And uh, Naboo. So there was that thing. Um, So they're all walking through it, right? Um, And then there's the big reveal of basically it looks like this giant, another like central core system, uh, almost a la Matrix style, Um, with these pods or black cocoon cases or whatever. Um, And obviously, you know, if you've been following any of Star Wars, you're thinking, okay, what's in them? What's in the box, right? Um, And so we get the coming up to that uh, and Hemlock unlocks one. And, you know, it's a glass case because obviously you can see the black go away. And then there's some light and reflection coming out of it. But we don't get to see what's in the box. So my question is, what do we think is in the box?
0: Great question. I'm going to go first before Nathan steals my answer. Not that I think he's actually going to, but, you know, just in case. Uh, I think that there will be more clones, and it'll be, a clone, it'll be a series of clones, kind of like Snoke was a series of Palpatine clones. But this will be a series of clones of a Jedi that we as the viewer all know. I don't know if it's going to be uh, um, Plo Koon, because you know how Dave Filoni loves any excuse to use Plo Koon. So it could be a clone of Plo Koon, uh, or maybe Ki-Adi-Mundi, or even more impactful for the audience. Perhaps it's a series of Mace Windu clones, because we know that Palpatine could easily access Mace Windu DNA, because his hands are still like laying on the floor of the—or not hands, but it is in his pocket—
1: yeah, right, yes. Fell in yeah. his lap, right? Yeah. So he's just like, I'm going to save this for later. <laughs> yeah, well, this
0: this could be useful. This will come in handy. Ah, I'm just kidding. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's my prediction. It is a series of clones of Mace Windu, a la the scene in The Mandalorian where we saw a series of Moff Gideon clones. Uh, so yeah. And then of course, you know, the whole point is to get midi-chlorian infused blood from the clone so that they can use it in the body of whatever project Necromancer is trying to do as Palpatine's new host body. Uh, Nathan, were you going to say Mace Windu clones? I was not going to say Mace Windu clones, but now I am. (laughs) Um, Now
2: I am. I I was going to say, I believe that these are clones that we are, uh, Seeing the beginning stages of uh, what we end up seeing in The Rise of Skywalker uh, with you know dark secrets only the Sith knew, cloning, that sort of thing. I think these are different types of cloning techniques than the Kaminoans were using. Perhaps these are Sparty cloning cylinders if we want to pull cool. a, a name from the Heir to the Empire trilogy. Um, and by the way, I looked I mean- it up vornsker is That's the it. name of the, the
0: sounds like some lounge. Icelandic or um you know Viking era beast,
2: and they come from the planet Merkur. So, yeah, it, it yeah. was a whole lot of who needs who mouths to be
0: able to pronounce these audiobooks. <laughs> what are those anyway? Right,
2: uh, but you know, I find your proposal of this being a Mace Windu clone intriguing because they do mention that we're trying to make sure that we don't lose the M count uh, which presumably Mace Windu would have a very high midichlorian count being so, uh, such, see, such a master think that, that
0: M, M count stands for midichlorian count but mm-hmm. clearly it stands for mace count.
2: Oh yeah, no midichlorians <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I really like about your idea that it's Mace Windu is in the Heir to the Empire trilogy the clone Luke came from luke's hand so we could uh-huh. keep that aspect of yeah we're telling essentially the same story but the clone mace. is a different yeah yeah mace with two a's mace
0: <laughs> Not say. um and so, Not say. And so it's also french we, have, <laughs> we also have the idea continuing from air to the empire a mad jedi master clone mm-hmm. like joris Kaboth. So I I'm oh man, this would be oh and then when we when we my gosh and then when we make our movie to tell the heir to the empire story for the Mandoverse, Sam Jackson comes back as the crazy Mace Windu clone. Oh baby, come on, this is gonna be great.
2: And, And one thing I like about the idea of of going this route is the legends material They're called legends in part because you can think of them as, well, these are legends that people told about Star Wars. Well, where do legends come from? Usually from some kernel of truth. So it could be that what happened, not not that kind of kernel. (laughs) It, It could be that something similar to what happened in Heir to the Empire did happen. And that's where the legends came from. But within the Star Wars universe, things just got mixed up and people attributed it to Luke instead of Mace Windu.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. Also, this gives us a good reason to, sometime in the future, change the title of Star Wars, The Mandalorian and Grogu to Star Wars, Heir to the Empire. Because, Mm -hmm. God do I hate that title. Anyway. All right, so. uh, Derek, it's your chance to answer your own question here. What's in the box? So, Oh, I stumped him. Uh, or convinced him.
1: I've dehydrated him.
0: Quick, Robin, pass me down. We all know re-hydrator.
1: Dave Maloney <laughs> loves to throw stuff. Or did I come back? Am I here? Yes, yes you're, back, you're, you're back. back. Am I there? You Hello, you have been rehydrated. Okay, I'm back. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The, obviously, when the uh the t issue had something earlier this week, I think it affected spectrum. Um, because oh. like it's just been acting up the past few days. So I'm technically I'm on my 2G Wi-Fi because my 5G is not working. I don't know. I have to call the guy on Monday tomorrow to, to have them come out and fix the equipment. So um, anyways, as I was saying, I don't think it's um i mean obviously i'm all about what you guys are saying trust me but i don't think it's dealing with actual clones at all i think that'll come later for cloning palp and cloning i think because i I think moff gideon goes rogue right when he's cloning himself i think is not part of what palp's plan was right this is after palp has died and gideon's using it for his own his own sources right um and this is where you kind of get that, you know, fractions of the Empire that we talked about, um, which is one of the great storylines of Legends, right? Was the, the fractions of yep. the Empire. So I think that gives them open room for that. I think it's dealing with the first rendition of Dark Troopers. And I think that's okay. what this is. Um, I I do like the idea that people think it's probably Palp or Snoke or whatever you're saying. Or it could be Mace Windu, which, again, be totally cool with that if they go that road of air to the empire but i think this is the first rendition and i don't know whether it's a clone that they did or it could be maybe like somebody like you said like a jedi count stuff like that that uh, or somebody with a high metachlorian that they feel needs to be in the dark trooper outfit but i'm still you know banking that they're going to give us version one and two at some point of those dark troopers since we know version three is what we see in the mandalorian and that at this point would be about 20 years um from from where you know maybe even a little bit uh sooner than that just depending on where this is taking place prior to a new hope um but i would say that's what i think it is i think it's n- not a um force user uh, um at this point i think it's Maybe Django, like the original Django, they got his head or something from Genosis, right? And they're trying. There, or it could be someone else.
0: That's an interesting idea that it could be uh, a more quote unquote pure copy of Django Fett to make a better warrior because Palpatine's obviously a fan of Django Fett as a warrior. Um, because he used him so much during the Clone Wars, and then he thought he was such a great warrior that he manipulated the Kaminoans to make sure that that's the guy they're going to start copying. Um, and he was right. I mean, the Clone Troopers are outstanding warriors. Um, they, obviously, they beat the droid army uh, to the point where Palpatine was now ready to do his master plan. But also, they defeated several other kinds of warriors all throughout the Clone Wars. The Jedi! They defeated Jedi! Uh, yeah, they defeated Jedi. Well, of course, now one could make the case that Order 66 was, you know, the ultimate surprise attack. And so, of course, you know, our chief weapons are surprise. Um, and so, um, but but yeah, help me out, Nathan. I mean, didn't they, th- in the Clone Wars series, the clone troopers fought against all kinds of warriors, right? Yes.
2: Uh, yeah, they mostly fought against droids. And quite frankly, the reason they mostly fought against droids was so that it could be a kid's show. <laughs> Um, But there were times that they fought against uh, other forces like the Umbarans, uh, which Mm -hmm. in that arc, they ended up fighting other clones, too. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, very effectively at times. Uh, But but yeah, uh, they definitely fought against other forces as well, um, even if they were primarily against droids. But, you know, I mean, droids, you think about it they're incredibly good <laughs> you know they they yeah. calculate all their shots perfectly theoretically um and really the advantage that the clones had was you know lateral thinking and not just following their programming um right. you know, the fact that they were as effective as they were against droids is really impressive yeah
0: yeah okay so now you combine right, them hopefully. right right With with dark troopers, so hopefully we'll get to see during this season of the Bad Batch what was in those canisters. I hope that's not one of these things where this is answered in some other Star Wars property altogether.
2: I hope it doesn't. I hope that doesn't get answered in a comic book or something.
0: Yeah, you've got to play Star Wars Battlefront three in order to find out the answer Mm -mm. to that. Mm -mm. Um, Okay, so last question for this episode of the podcast. Take it away, Nathan.
2: All right, so. uh, Emery Carr, very interesting character. Uh, I would like to know everybody's thoughts on this character. Uh, is she going to help Omega or Omega in the end? Or uh, was this just a, a ploy to buy her trust for later betrayal? What What is her deal?
0: First, your sudden but inevitable betrayal. That is my prediction, is that uh, Carr is... Uh, reminiscent of the whole idea that clones were bred for tactical thinking, but also thinking outside the box, uh, Carr is setting up Omega for a betrayal of some kind. Um, because I think that Carr is absolutely and totally loyal to the Empire, right down to the fact that I feel like maybe she's still got a chip in her head. Because, I mean if you're a clone installed at a Imperial facility, you probably haven't had the chance or even thought about removing your uh, control chip. Um, And so if that's the case, then, you know, of course she's loyal to the Empire. That's how she's programmed to be. Um, And I don't think that Carr has enough DNA deviance like Rex uh, to overcome it, even for short periods of time. You know, she's just totally uh, on the dole of the Empire. Uh, she's absolutely doing all of the dark side stuff. And so therefore, we're going back to the dark side. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, Derek, what do you think? Is Carr setting Omega up for betrayal or something else entirely? Um,
1: I feel like... Typical Filoni, right? Or we're thinking, oh, she's being nice, she's gonna help her, but we're gonna be one ahead of Filoni and we're gonna say that, uh, she is not right, she's gonna be a ploy, but at the same time, I'm like, but then is gonna be like, no, nope. no, nope. no, nope. she's gonna be good and she's gonna actually help Omega. Did I disappear? I,
0: I hope you're right. Am I back? Uh, no, no, no. I we, we we got we got enough of the gist. I hope you're right. I oh. hope she does end up helping okay. Omega. Um but, but I'm just saying that's not my prediction. Okay. I'm I'm more my, my spirit is with you, but my logical brain tells me she has the emotion chip inside her brain and must obey all programming. Yeah,
1: you know. I would agree with that more, but like I said, it would be interesting to see if she actually helps Omega in the end. That because that would be then reverse of what we think, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, uh, Nathan, your own answer to your own query.
1: Well, it seems like it's up
2: to me to break the tie. Is she going to help Omega, or is she going to betray Omega? And I'm going to go with secret option number three. She never gets the chance. Hemlock figures out that she has at least some sympathy for Omega, blames her for Omega's uh, escape and Crosshair's escape, and kills her before she has a chance to do any of it.
0: Ouch. Ouch. I
2: mean, Palpatine's killed. there. <laughs> you know, yeah. He's known for... Oh, oh he technically uh, left already. He already left. Uh, Palpatine was there. Uh, you know, the Empire is known for saying, you have failed me for
1: the last time. You... <laughs> you,
2: you, you are yes. terminated.
1: Would that be funny if be she was better. the mother of Admiral Ozel? <laughs> You're as clumsy as you are stupid.
0: Cracked up. Uh, good times. All right, well, whatever happens with uh with Carr, we'll be analyzing it on the next episodes of What a Piece of Junk as we continue our way through Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 3. Uh, I thought overall it was a yeah, 7.5 out of 10 uh, scale um, beginning of Season 3, uh, with the three episodes being somewhat interconnected. Uh, And so I'm eager to see what happens next. And if you guys want to hear us talk about what happens next, stick around and listen to more episodes. But before we finish this episode, it's time for Derek's favorite part of the show. And that is what Star Wars T-shirts are we wearing this week? Derek, what you got? Looks like you got some non-T-shirt stuff.
1: Yeah, I've actually got something, uh, like I said, that uh, because I'm just wearing my Boba It's Cold Outside sweater. (laughs) Um, so, uh, but, uh, no, I, I picked up something, um, that Kate was supposed to come out back at the beginning of January, but apparently Marvel, um, the print run was damaged in the goods that, uh, that were all sent out. Um, so I had to wait a little bit longer, but I finally got my copy of, uh, apparently they've done a lot of variant covers for Darth Vader episode four, uh, comic book episode 42, but I really like this one. So I had to pick it up.
3: Right, oh. Ahsoka,
0: wielding her twin lightsabers and deflecting a bunch of red blaster bolts. That's a great cover. Darth Vader issue forty-two has a bunch of variant covers. I am, I am quite pleased in in my geeky little heart. So <laughs> that's really cool.
1: I, I, and that might actually, at some point, get me enough to go to some of these cons and get Ashley and Rosario's autographs on these. So ah, that would be awesome. Cool,
0: yeah. cool. Well, I would show off my Star Wars t-shirt, but um, most of my house is still in boxes, and I don't know where my Star Wars t-shirts are, so I'm wearing Svengoolie tonight. Uh, he is Darth horror on on MeTV. That's right. And Darth Svengoolie, yes. <laughs> and, you know, he's a big Star Wars fan. He's, he's actually a big Star Trek fan, too, so he'd be happy to be on the podcast. So there we have it. Uh, Nathan, you've got a cool little logo on your lapel there. What, uh, yes, what Star I Wars do. shirt are you wearing?
2: Uh, this is one I've worn uh, once before, but I really like it. It is my woven t-shirt from uh from her universe. It's basically a Hawaiian shirt, and on the back we have uh this Ooh. big duel. Yeah. Yes, episode three Ooh, nice Revenge define. of the Sith. The, very comfy. Would recommend yeah. um definitely check out her universe if you haven't. They've got some good clothes, it's where I buy most of my Star Wars stuff and honestly most of my
1: clothes at this branding point, it but... that when it's male and female it's called our universe
2: that is true yes um yeah if you're looking on the website anything that is uh gender neutral or even just male uh is branded as our universe but the website is still oh, her universe i like that yeah
1: correct
0: yeah Well, if you guys out there want to get any cool What a Piece of Junk merchandise like t-shirts or mouse pads or coffee mugs or iPad covers, just head on over to tpublic.com and check out the Fandom Podcast Network store. And you can see not only our What a Piece of Junk merchandise, but merchandise for all the other cool podcasts that you hear here on the FPN. All right, Derek, let folks know where they can find us out there on the internet, please, sir. or maybe he
2: can't find us on the internet either. Well, while he tries to find us on the internet, I will tell you that you can find us uh, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. That includes the master feed at fpnet.podbean.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play. You know, I have uh, car play in my new vehicle i can listen to us on spotify on the way to work and back it's great it's uh, junk um, you can obviously nice. find our facebook page or did you lose me we we did, did but you, you picked me? up right where i was so keep going
1: <laughs> i was doing a whole spiel of stuff so uh, anyways <laughs> uh yeah so and i've even restarted my route it no, this is why we need. This is why we need five star reviews so I can afford internet. Yes,
0: Jeff. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, no, we had just gotten to the social media part, uh, Derek. So you can <laughs> hit the Facebook deal, and yeah, you can find us on Facebook and uh, whatever is left of Twitter uh, and Instagram. Um, you guys know the spiel at this point, you know. <laughs> anyway. I mean, we're at one hundred and thirty-six
1: episodes. Come on. <laughs> That's right. Get with the program, people. All right. Anyway, so we yes. We expect absolutely you go to go do your over Go back to episode one. <laughs>
0: we want to thank you guys for listening to us as always I am giddy as you can tell with my new house It could also be the fact that I was up until 3am unloading the moving van and I'm more delirious than giddy but still I'm enjoying the new high speed internet here as well Um, and so next time you guys will be able to hear us talk about whatever happens next on the Bad Batch but until then we want to thank you for listening and please always respect each other and always respect each other there's fandom. All right, Nathan, punch it. <laughs>